0: Welcome to the Media Cat magazine podcast. Uh, I'm your host Mike Pigger, editor at the magazine. Um, and for today's podcast we have another in our series Rebel with a cause where we explore the relationship between strategy planning and creativity. Um, for the uh, for this installment we have uh, Nick Kendall um, co-founder of the garage Soho and he's going to be interviewed by my co-host for the series uh, Opal Turner. So um just want to say over to Opal.
1: So welcome to the Media Cat Magazine podcast. Thank you for tuning in for the next in our series, Rebel with a Cause, with me, Opal Turner. So for this series, we are talking about the relationship between creativity and strategy, or in my other words, art, science, and logic. Because it is my pet theory that strategy and planning can be a creative secret weapon, and that we overly separate the disciplines at times in our industry. So, as my first strategy director and the man who taught me that strategy and planning even exists, um, we had to discuss this with our wonderful guest today. Our guest is Nick Kendall, co-founder of The Garage Soho, an early stage investor and brand builder with, among others, the great Sir John Hegarty, who's also been on the pod. So, Nick, welcome to the podcast. Thank
0: you very much, I'm looking forward to it.
1: It's a pleasure to have you, and very much a full. I was saying to John, a very sort f- full circle moment for me, quite an interesting one. But um, shall we start by just? Well, I'm, I'm
0: worried about being grilled. Uh, <laughs> do I know what I believe? That's always a hazard. Yeah. Do.
1: It's just going to be one of our long, very long chats that we normally okay. do. Okay. There just happens nice. to be a microphone in oh, the room. I think good. you'll be absolutely fine. But let's let's start by just telling our lovely listeners a little bit about you. So you were Global Head of Planning at BBH?
0: Yes, I, I joined BBH when I was 25. Uh, I wanted to work on Levi's, which was the campaign at the time. Um, and uh, I I, did, I started as a planner there, uh, I left 28, 29 years later and by that time just by sticking around I'd become Global Planning Director and that involved uh, overseeing the planning product across six BBH offices uh, and, and the team and the people who are the product of course.
1: And <laughs> um, you were also the chief examiner, was it, of the IPA diploma for some years?
0: Well, I, I do. I was taught by John Bartle, who was the original planner in Bartle Haggerty, the original strategist, and he always saw it as a principle that you have to pay back, you have to give back. We're very lucky, so pay back and uh, so at that time I've, I've been involved with the IPA and the industry initiatives for, for different things from training at the beginning to uh, actually being on the IPA Effectiveness Awards which are a very famous important set of awards for, for measuring the power of creativity and strategy and naturally i've done that and i thought what shall i do next and stephen woodford asked me to get involved in his initiative as ipa president which was to professionalize to increase professionalism of our business and uh, he was looking for someone to develop he had the idea of examination so either early examination and uh, a kind of foundation course for people one two years in which i think is actually a more profound idea. I do think it's fascinating. We don't actually teach people joining the business what the hell the business is about, or help them cement their learning as they join more quickly so they can understand what they've learned in the first two years. So foundation, uh, and at the other end, we had the idea of an MBA for leadership. Um, And it is true, you talk to any client company now, their leadership team, that board, their global CMOs, are MBA level qualified and more. And uh, we're falling way behind in recognising we have to locate our thinking in business strategy and be able in that. Some people have done it at the top of agencies, but I'm not sure it's standard. Anyway, Stephen's idea was I want something there and we need something in the middle for people and you know people who are future leaders so um, we developed the ipa deployment interestingly when that focused was well at the beginning you're learning the craft how to do it how to build an idea how to get it out of the door (laughs) how to make sure it's legal (laughs) how to not go over budget. all these things we learn at the beginning at the other end, it was learning about business. I thought there was a gap, which was learning about brands. It, it's a topic everybody talks about, from my niece to um, you know news programs to politicians. To, uh, everyone talks the word brand, and there was no training in them, almost in the world. Well, I, I think now it's changed a bit, but this was 12, 13 years ago, fifteen years ago. Sorry, sorry. Um, I, didn't, I couldn't find anything of any significance. And so the idea of, well, we keep talking about building brands and the role of communications in building brands. We should probably be professionals in that and, and develop our thinking about what it is, what people said. So I developed uh, with the IPA the diploma examination. It is the MBA of Brands, it's the way a first-year graduate called it, and we kind of borrowed that label. So we call it the MBA of Brands, and uh, I think it has helped probably a few hundred. And if you look at uh, the alumni, they're mostly in key leadership positions around the business. They've done very well. Oh, they left the business, which is a classic problem. (laughs) FBS, And not to train people to sudden extent that they think, Oh, I'm gonna go and do this somewhere else kind of thing. So uh, but anyway, so I'm very proud of the alumni of that diploma, yeah.
1: Yeah, incredible, incredible group of of people that you had a massive um, massive part in in kind of shaping. Um, and then there's me. They
0: all come to my funeral, otherwise.
1: Oh, it's gonna be big. It's going to be big, but it's going to be far away. Yeah. Um, but no no secret that you have obviously played a huge huge part in my career. And for the listeners, actually, it's um, important that you know that Nick is the one who actually convinced me to do this podcast and helped me form the pitch for this podcast. So it is, in fact, his fault that you are now listening to my whiny voice.
0: Yeah, like all great planning, at, at inception, just get it in early and then... Let's make sure the person thinks it's their idea. But uh, it was Uncle's idea. I'm sure was it was. it? Yeah. It was a joint effort. Like, like any of those things, I think it's an interesting point for thinking about strategy. People know what they want to do. <laughs> I truly believe that. and So a lot of times what you're doing sometimes is drawing out from people what exactly do they want to do, what do they think they want to achieve, who will, you it know, you, you formalise it, but a lot of it is given the space and the encouragement and the listening and the drawing. Uh, I found as I became planning director, you, and then and the global planning director, what happens obviously is you do less and less of it, your role is to direct, um, not, not to do. and. Um, in that role, it was absolutely about giving space to allow people to say, almost dare them to say what they wanted to say.
1: And you do that for well.
0: So wanted, you know, knew what she wanted to talk about, knew what her things were, her beliefs, and, and this thing about creativity and strength. So in a way, it was your idea. I just encourage you to voice it.
1: Well, it makes you a fantastic mentor um, that I will always be grateful for. But off of me, because we're not actually here to talk about me, shock horror, I know. Um, I'd love for you to tell our listeners a a bit about the part that you and and kind of strategy and planning play at the Garage Soho, because, you know, it's not a conventional creative agency, but I'd, I'd love to just talk a little bit more about that brand building aspect, because obviously that's fundamental.
0: Sure. Uh, Well, it's funny, I do do more work now. Uh, I I went through a phase of 10 15 years of directing, of encouraging, and kind of shaping. Um, I suddenly found I I was trying, I've done more brand visions, brand keys, brand whatever you call them, it doesn't really matter, compasses, whatever you want to call it. that I realize probably that my whole career in, in the last five years. Um, the, the principle at the garage is about build a brand, not just a business. And the thinking behind that is the great businesses, the great businesses with higher multiples are the ones that as well as having great revenue streams and growth and all those different criteria business metrics, they also have an incredibly strong sense of who they are as a brand, who they are as an idea, and therefore express that in their brand. And so with that kind of thinking, it was, well, how do we encourage people to bake the brand in from the start, as opposed to thinking, I'll spend the first three years building a bit, and then I'll get round to that. Or, you know, when we go on to TV, that's when we have to think about brand, isn't it? Um, so if you think of brands as ideas to live by, how do you bake that idea in from the beginning? And the way we tried to do that was try to formalise a brand vision and put it down on paper and put it in a key or onion, mean, as I say. And the important part of that is The really important part of that is the classic role of are we all agreed in the room? Have we agreed? Have we had our point listened to? Have we shared points of view and realised I'm slightly different to you on that? Are we all therefore aligned, not in a bland sense aligned, but in an active dynamic sense aligned about what are we trying to achieve, who with and how? what is the brand that's going to drive a brand idea that comes out of that? So, as I say, I've done more of those for startups. Uh, I find it a fascinating process because it's completely different from doing it for Unilever or Diageo or the many companies I've worked with because it's not professionalised in the same way. And it, it, it has made me think hard about how it's done in agencies. And the danger is it's overdone it's over engineered massively would be my major conclusion and it's because people try and there's lots of reasons because there's so many professionals around we might hire a consultant to help us we've got to involve the marketing team across different levels uh we have to involve different countries if we're doing it globally oh we need this discipline they uh, very important stake, all, all that kind of stuff you the job of building, this is what my brand is, becomes extremely over-engineered. And so you end up in, you know, week-long workshops, I've come across in my time. <laughs> I've probably done them, sorry. Um, and you just wonder, is that just a way of charging lots of money for something? you know, Or really, actually, what you're doing there, to be more fair, is trying to do the job of alignment in the process of creation. I'm not sure that works. I'm not sure that's helpful. So John hates brainstorming, notoriously. And, but you listen to him hard about what that means. It's, it's that distinction of different parts in the process. Uh, if you're trying, with a blank page, to get to a fresh place, maybe it's better to talk to yourself or somebody you really trust and, and do that together or whatever, in a tight group versus let's have a brainstorm with 20 people in the room and everyone popping up with ideas he, he kind of goes well that's great once i've had the idea how to innovate on that idea how to build it or whatever and i think that probably applies to having an idea of, you know if we're an idea to live by Brent is an idea to live by i think that probably applies to clarifying what is our brand vision and brand idea so Doing it at the garage. What is the joy? Is you're doing it just with the founders. You're doing it with the type team from the get go. There's no global management team, marketing. You know, there's no multi stakeholders really. Maybe involve the key investor might be a good idea. <laughs> I've, I've learned over time, but um, but you really you're almost talking to the founder, like I was just talking about with, with your thinking, your idea. Or, or the wrongs like what you're doing I found is it kind of brand therapy uh, I, I sometimes thought instead of having a round table which we have at the garage to sit around and chat which is good, maybe we should just have a leather coach next to a couch next to us sorry and and just it, it's kind of almost Freudian. you're just asking them to go back into themselves and go, why did you start this what is success for you? Why? Why is this important? What's your passion? What's driving this? What's your purpose to, or whatever word you want to use? What What's driving you? What's your movement? You know that you think you're doing for the world and for people, and it, it, you know it's all inside the people who founded it in a way. Not it's not done by consumer research. It's not done by. Let's do some quantitative surveys that segment our audience and think about different needs. It's not that. It's what drives, what is the idea driving this? What is our movement is what we talk about. Uh, So that's what we do. Uh, And then the great joy, I've worked out that the best way to self-planning is come as a bandit pack offer with John. Uh, So if I did a brand consultancy, I'd think, you know, free John Hegarty with every, planning idea um, and what that means is it's turned into an idea straight away so we get to a single piece of paper classically then we're turning it into a single thought a single set of words and there's something transformative about that process as well that means if you're trying to bake it in I think I would prefer to use an idea rather than a strategic brand vision document of thing obviously so uh, i think it's got more chance of inspiring more chance of engaging because that's what it's built to do engage people who aren't really interested <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so so I, I, we have a great job of turning it into that core cool brand idea by which i mean the keep walking, the borschwanger technique the links effect the you know belong anywhere idea kind of thing that can drive everything and then encapsulated it encapsulated its
1: or four words and a thought. Mm, absolutely. And, and and that's, you know, one of the things that I think is absolutely magic about the Garage Soho is that you've got that proximity to be able to do that. You know, in, in, in lots of agencies, you'd probably be on different floors um, to one another. So having you both kind of working together on that, that day-to-day basis, sitting in the same room, talking about, about an idea, you know, I think you probably say the word idea more than any creative director I've ever met, which is quite unique, I think. Is it?
0: Is it? Well, I, I, I don't know anymore. It's interesting to hear you say that. I was born in BDH, you know. I mean, I had two or three agencies before, two agencies before, but but BDH, it was all about the idea. All words lead to the idea was, you know, the, the guys have brilliant, they, they kind of created ideas around everything so they even even in terms of the culture they wanted to build they encapsulated in thoughts and ideas um phrases catchphrases i don't, I don't know what to call them but they were kind of, in, kind of they the runners crashed that but they were statements of deep clarity and profundity and i could reel them off but we're not talking about bbh and uh, and, and so I grew up with that, and then at the garage, as I said, it's, it's rooted in the idea: of how do you break, uh, how do you bake in a brand vision and a brand idea right from the get go? So, yeah, of course we talk uh, uh, again. People listening, I think that there's a Jeremy Balmoral article, uh, and it's at the beginning. I think that you know Jeremy Bournemouth is a brilliant writer; everybody should kind of read him. In that first year foundation course, I'd force everyone to read all the Jeremy book was because it's all there, kind of thing. Uh, maybe John Haines is as well. But um, Jeremy writes a piece at the beginning of the D book, uh, which is the anniversary book, which is probably the 25th, or big yellow one, or is it 50? Big yellow one, brilliant book, just everybody should have it. And it's the best of DNAD over the, the seven centenary celebration or something like that jeremy does a forward and he talks about the fragmentation of our business and it's a profound essay and i don't think anybody's really clocked it still still what he says is we all go along the path of specialization of course we do because you know things like media massively important key discipline it's where the money is spent etc lots to learn lots to understand specialize you know we go along with specialization and creative a department a planning department but, you know because we learn that actually strategy becomes more and more critical the role of research in that process more critical they need to prove its effect and be accountable to the business obviously critical not to be escaped all to be learned all to be understood and Therefore we we, we fragment, but the downside of specialisation is fragmentation and I I think if I was a group, if I was head of a group, I might read that and say and really think yeah where do I want specialisation and when does it become fragmentation and I think too much of our business is just massively fragmented all over the place. And I, I, I think the downside of that is nobody sees the puzzle anymore. We've all got bits of the puzzle. And, and that is my thread across, across time, in a way. And the reason I chose brand and brand thinking and brand ideas, I think that is the puzzle that holds everything together. If you haven't got a clear picture of your brand encapsulated in the brand idea, how, how does social know-how, what they're building? They don't um how does the media agency glue into that brand thinking and not just be a set of pipes to deliver a cost per acquisition etc etc how does performance not just suddenly become a rule to itself and not build the brand at the same time even have separate promises come so it, 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 to me the brand is the play and we are all spear. That that's not actually my thought. Jerry Morric shout out Well, said to me with Diploma, Jerry Morrow, very good, very strong creative director, Um and yeah, things like that, really good. And uh, he he said the trouble is in our business, Nick. When I was doing a Diploma, I asked him, "Would you be a mentor on it for the for the people going through?" Yes, he said. People always say yes, all the good ones always say yes. And um, he said, I agree. The problem with our business is we're all spear carriers in Hamlet, but we think the play is about us. We're all waiting for our line to go, yes, our Lord Hamlet arriveth. And we think that's the play. It's not the play is Hamlet. The play is the brand that you're building in whichever way you build it
1: absolutely and that is one of the best analogies I think I've ever heard so thank you for that that Hamlet gorgeous tidbit it, I, I mean I fully agree I mean this is this is where where I'm coming from and my pet theory comes from is it's this separation that we create that that just doesn't fundamentally make sense to me and I absolutely understand that that's Probably, you know, because you were born in BBH, I was born here and um, in the garage soho. So I never knew those things to be separate because that's that's not how the garage is set up. It's it is all of those things in, in one. Um and so, you know, going out into the to the wider world, I'm like, I don't understand why everyone's separating the strategist from the creatives and um you know, because they are one and the same, in, in my mind at least. And I'm, I'm interested, do you think the, the separation between creatives and strategists has, has influenced what ideas are and how we use them and how impactful they are? Or, you know, even bigger questions, are ideas strategy or are they creativity?
0: Or both? Ooh, ooh tricky. Does that question work? <laughs> Let's see if it works. Um, let's find out. Let's find out. The, um, I'll, 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 I'll start back one. Just um, I, I, I think it's a business issue to start with, interestingly. That, that's why I point you to Jeremy Bournemouth's point as the head of WPP at the time. Head, strategic head. We just can't afford it. It's nonsense. And clients, the one that and clients are spotting it and going, I don't I don't get this. I don't want 10 people around the table every time. I don't need it. So that that's one. And they're not willing to pay for it. So we've got to find ways to innovate in the process, I would argue. Um, I think the other reason is an environmental reason, a market reason, which is the world is moving faster. Brand building is moving faster. Uh, uh, you have to put on the show every three weeks, or even every, you, you know everything is is definitely just the, the exogenous factors of what's happening in the world is changing all the time. So you're changing all the time, and then the media protocols are changing all the time. So it's faster, that's for sure. And the downside of fragmentation is handover. And it just takes more time, so I think you have to change it for that. And then the last reason it's a problem for business is every time you hand over, there's a degradation of data, things get lost. Nobody really to blame. Sometimes it's some short, like, incomprehensible or something. Yeah. Um, or somebody's not listening properly, you know that's fine. But there's always a degradation. Anybody who deals with the transfer of data knows, every time you hand it over, there's always a problem. We built in degradation of data, and so we're surprised that, oh, that's not quite what I was expecting, and then you get to the, the rebrief and stuff again and the frustrations with each other and the falling outs and all that. Of course you yeah. have. You know, it's like having a wife and using the you know behaving like a royal and getting the servants to talk to your husband about you know who's doing breakfast tomorrow. It's just not it's not going to work. And the, anyway, so I, I think there's real, real business reasons. I think there's a brand reason, which is everything we've ever learned about brands is they have to be coherent. They might have different parts to play different messages to get across, different tones at different times well, it might certainly be through different media, you know from a customer service person to broadcast broadcaster whatever might be using film nowadays to to do it but of course there's different disciplines, but um, but it's one it's one branch so again, we're looking how to build that coherence and we haven't looked at ourselves and thought. Maybe the reason it's not successful as we like is we're leaving it to the client to try and hold all these pieces together. And even the client, by the way, is not coherent and cohesive across their organization. So in some places, chief great officers, CMOs on the board, that kind of thing, maybe, but chief customer officers. But, but it's hard. It is really, really, really hard. It's not anybody's fault. That's just hard and and so building structures that make it double hard kind of doesn't make sense to me so I think and then in terms of the actual development of ideas which was your question does it have an effect I think it takes the fun and the serendipity and the stupidity and the chance to disagree and to Come in the next morning and change your mind. And it, it takes out the kinetic energy of building an idea, fragmentation. Um, and one of the things I've rediscovered as a joy in the last five years is it's great fun having ideas, you know, making the move from right, okay, what are we about? What's the brain thinking? What what's the vision? how does that translate into an idea how does that inform what your brand vision is how do you translate it into other key disciplines etc etc what's the key way we can engage people it's good fun and I think it's much easier to have fun if there's not too many people in the room is I suppose all that, or I'm not trying to travel over to East London to go and meet someone to tell them what fun I had yesterday chatting about the idea we had this stupid fucking idea it was brilliant. what do you think and, and the closer you can keep the ties obviously a conversation that binds people together like a chat I think the better the idea so I think it probably is not helping ideas I
1: agree I mean the worst thing is is when you get sent a pdf of a strategy oh. and um it literally could not be more fragmented in, in that scenario. There's no even conversation. It's it's literally a PDF.
0: there's uh, moments when I I've become an old policeman and, and it's inevitable and you know, I try and go up against it. But I would have been fired if I'd faxed a brief to somebody when I started in the business. I would have been fired, I would been told off and told never to do it again at least it was a mantra. You never did that. It was a mantra to me as I grew up. You never send an email saying we need to change this. The client said this. You never did that. You went and talked to somebody. You went. The meeting went badly. I'm sorry. Blah blah blah. You know. Again, truth and honesty. Relationships. You, you didn't. Didn't yeah. say all went brilliantly, you know. Apart from the fact they wanted to change the line and change the idea, and, you know, yeah. you didn't do things like that. Yeah. The transfer of data—you try to be honest about it. So, it, I, th- I think it's—it's it's ludicrous the idea that we think faxing things or emailing can can help. As so, I say, a consultant once said to me, management consultant and I was investigating management consultants how, how they do strategy and, and, and recommendations. They do not do ideas but they do recommendations about the culture and the IT system or whatever. And uh, we were, we were, I was trying to understand the things to learn from how they did it kind of thing and he was trying to learn about agencies and he said well the great thing about management consulting, we're very good at transferring tangible data. Uh, is what we concluded at the end of the trip And uh, tangible data, it, that's why we're very good at doing ratios and, and I, analysing the data to show where the weakness in the process is, and you know how to instigate measurements to see what percent is turns out and is implemented or whatever. We're very good at those ratios for CEOs, so they can look at their company and see the tangible data and how it's running. You are experts in intangible data. It strikes me uh, the transfer of intangible data from client to agency, agency into an idea, idea into action and in implementation, and and I thought, yeah, that's a plan. I'm in charge of the transfer of intangible data, so you can't fax a brief because words are the tangible data, the intangible data, the aspiration, where the opportunity is, where we think there might be fun and enjoyment to do something fresh and distinctive and exciting. That's and just the energy of that you're transferring. And, uh, that, that, and in transferring it, you're building confidence, you're building understanding, you're building, oh, I get what, you, I get what you're saying. You know are you sure the client really wants that yeah i'll talk to the client like this and interestingly it's not in the brief but he was saying you know and, and that's why john still likes factory visits because it's a chance to meet and hear people talk and hear what they're interested in and hear what their language is and so on and so forth.
1: because it's 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 the context isn't it it's the intangible data is the context for the tangible data yeah. and you miss that entirely out i mean it is
0: it, it, context And concrete language, that's why it can inform both ends of of the thing. You know, John C.'s washman dirt technique, that says better than any brief can tell you. (laughs) It's just a tangible language. You go, oh, there's my language right in front of me. You know, and so the moments like that, that's why all great creators like to get into the product, actually, sometimes too deeply, almost. but so it, but it's also context understanding at the beginning that this is a broader picture this is what we're trying to achieve this is why the client's thinking this is why the brief is about this overall kind of now what we're trying to say what what is this particular brief about but there was a thing in the, the pbh brief which was that people change their briefs every three or four years is what you find if you've been head of planning for any amount of time the third you, you find out the first job you're given is worth it worried about whether the brief is right the second job is can you develop uh, can you productize our process please head of planning oh yeah, yeah i'll do that take the heart completely out of it at the same time is that okay and but the first one is always change a brief <laughs> and sometimes it's useful and sometimes it's not now I remember one change in BBA, the introduction of the idea of at the top of the reef the product is, the brand is. So that enshrined at the top of any individual call to do some work was a reminder of what the play is we're building, creating, what is the brand. Um, so what we're building is the original gene or what we're building is uh, engineering through an innovation, kind of thing. Um, so, remind all the time you are part of the contribution to that. So, yeah, you're you're always trying to remind the context, the bigger picture, the elevated picture, the thing that makes this small. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the smallest thing you can do now. It used to be so that the 15 by two you did in the recruitment page was a brilliant brand name. is it how do we do that nowadays I'm sure it's every how social do place have to do you know how does performance marketing with an offer tie into the brand uh, fine it, but but I fear in the fragmentation too many of the pieces don't bother to try and pull them back together and they're left separate as either ors oh we're doing product advertising we're doing call to action advertising we're not doing brand name. Who said they were separate. Everything's brand. We just agreed the definition of brand is an idea to live by. So you're doing your media without thinking about the brand.
1: It that makes no sense.
0: Doesn't make sense. <laughs> so uh, I think this. Uh, so this collapse of fragments. You, you know the growth of specialization over the 50 years. That I think really thinking hard about how to collapse that back again it is worth pursuing that's why i think one of the places it could collapse and stop becoming mind the gap is creative and strategy um, and it partly comes out of that thinking you know having been in the business a while and watching the challenges of how to be profitable and have to build an agency but and and, and what clients are looking for it also comes from really personal experience I find it an interesting area, which is John's quite a good strategist. You know, to think that I'm better than John at strategy is a ludicrous thought, obviously. Not least because he's done it so long, but also he starts every part of his process starts with what am I trying to do? let me get it fixed in my head what am i trying to do and, and so he's a natural born strategist and it's perfected over however many years and however many pictures and however many creative re- reviews where you suddenly realize that's not quite brief is it it's changed in front of us and, and he's a creative director and he, he directs through thinking he, he, Sometimes suggestions of ideas, but often giving people spaces to occupy Mm. Um, and think about it. So it's it's always felt a bit wrong to think creatives are not strategic. Some aren't. Some aren't is is part of the problem. And not problem, part Mm. of the the thing is generally I have met some creatives who are not at all strategic and you you know and I loved some creators who are not at all strategic and they can't explain how they got to their idea and they can't defend it when some idiot tries to critique it and they can't present it to the client because they haven't got the language to place it in the client's context they just are pure (laughs) and some brilliant some of the best creatives of that um,
1: but that's they, why they need to kick
0: you. your ass and they can be rude and they can be objectionable in the extreme and all just great funny people or whatever but but they are uh, but i haven't met enough to make me think well there's a lot of great creators who are really great and and, and the other part of that so that's personal experience the other part of that is you learn about other disciplines they're not the only creative discipline in town and you go well architects don't have planners and they're building huge amazing things you know the ritual for the Olympic Games I don't think Danny employed a planner to help him think about the brand and the you know but they you know, or, or a, you know, I'm sure we we'll has a brilliant intuitive sense of what her brand is about and what she's trying to achieve on Chasie and Beyonce and that as a power couple managing their brand and their idea. You can see it. So it's an invention we've created to help us along the way and deal with certain things. So it's not necessary, is what I'm saying. And, and I think it's an interesting, if I try to develop a new agency. I think I would go back to that thought of actually, how do I make crea- How do I make creative strategists responsible for their own thinking? And then I've collapsed that wall between strategy and creativity. And what I've done is asked. Uh, I've cut. You know, fifteen percent of the headcount in a good planning agency—it's about twelve fifteen percent—probably gone down because of money pressures. But you know, it's a sizable investment. I, I think I might actually cut all the planners <laughs> and have twice the number of creatives. Is might be my idea for an agency. And uh, but what I would do is think about how to help creatives comfortably not with planners comfortably in their ways and their defi- help them refine how they get to clarity about what are they trying to achieve and what am i trying to do what is the brief here um and, and not assume they're all john and he gets it straight away but kind of distill john john's ability to do that and think how would i help creatives whether younger younger older
1: get better at owning their own strategic thinking. And um, speaking of starting things, um wonderful segue you set up for me there. The the Garage Soho are, are launching a business of creativity course on on September the 19th. And so I'd I'd love to know how kind of all of that thinking um is is kind of distilled into that programme and, and kind of what part you and and your strategic mind played in in creating that
0: course it's uh, it's funny what what is the role again one of the downsides of planning is it's used to creating one product so it defines its role around creating that product when you're doing a series of eight sessions that last about you know eight times 30 40 minutes it's a different role you can't sit in a review room going I think the idea is this <laughs> Something you can, or I, lo- I love the way we're using a the yellow puppet that's brilliant or whatever that's not your role pinning down the idea you, you become some kind of editor so it, it's interesting again different different roles for thinking maybe at different points in the process and again I'll be helping creatives think about that all the way through maybe in, in my, new agency um uh, but um and I, I i think part of that well, well that's so really just just helping john shape his thinking again uh and, and distill it and clarify it and give it a rhythm and a shape so people can engage with it easily and things like you know and do the takeouts and all those kind of, it's that kind of role is what to find an editor of ideas role thinking and um I think I think that's why it would be a pleasure I, I, it's funny watching John do it and film it the other day it's, it's extraordinary because it is as somebody said to me I was sure trying to pitch it and sell a few he said oh is <laughs> he distilled uh, and I kind of go yeah yeah that, that, that's good it, it is but but distilled What, what John has learned over well, I don't know, 50 years of creative, is both as a practitioner creating ideas and as a creative director, trying to get other people to have ideas or pick up on their ideas or encourage them, through to building a culture for ideas, BBH. And it's that all those experiences distilled. So it's not just how to do an act or it power of juxtaposition he talks about there's there's lots of brilliant tips about how to lead a creative life but there's lots it's distilled about how how do you build the skills to direct kind of thing and and shape how do you you help people shape how do you build a culture how do you build a process that encourages the best of creativity is what I think people will get out of it you know and, and then listen to that and go which bit of that would i take and put into my life team business brand kind of thing yeah. uh, I, I think that's what people will get how to ensure john has his brilliant phrase which is creativity is the oxygen of business and you've got to think hard about how to make sure all this oxygen in your business now to make sure we get to use properly and people thrive
1: incredible incredible it's going to it's going to be a great course hopefully we've sold a few more from that lovely discussion very good
0: uh, all talk shows end with a plug so that, that's my plug yeah.
1: um, it's it, it, it sounds it sounds very much like the, the business of creativity is very much a distilling of, of, of your thinking and and John's thinking all kind of melded into one incredible set of of eight lectures or, or whatever we're calling them so I'm sure everyone will love it um, coming out on September the 19th so everyone go go sign up now
0: so, sign up individually some, some people have done it we've got an order of 50 and what they're doing is using it across their marketing department and I think that would be really fascinating because of course any training is only as good any lecture any chat He's only as good as the application of it. So I, I, I look forward. I like the idea of cohorts of people doing it together and almost talking about it afterwards and going, what, "What does that mean for us? What does that mean for me? How would that influence the way we breathe? How would we change the culture?"
1: Yeah, incredible. It's gonna. It's it's gonna be really fun to see um, all of the results that people are coming out with shortly after. So thank you again. Nick Kendall for coming on the Media Cat magazine
0: podcast. That was lovely. Thank you very much.